so the actual question is um, at the moment I might change it but it's um, do documentary filmmakers have an obligation to give a fair representation to all participants um, so yeah so to those yeah. who are um, got less power than them and then those who are like ethically um, do um, exhibit ethically dubious behavior so yeah yeah um, that got mentioned in the um, in the study so I just thought it was an interesting sort of thing to look into um, so really the first question is uh, do you think that there should be a set of clear universal ethical guidelines for documentary filmmakers to follow um, it's tough to say like in an ideal world it would be wonderful if everybody could sort of follow guidelines um, but the problem is who would make them mm. because even you know, agreed set of guidelines you know it just isn't possible mm. in the same way that politics you know you can't get an agreed sort of standard of the way to run a country or something um you couldn't get an agreed uh sort of set of rules for a documentary and then secondly how would you enforce it um so in a sort of utopian heavenly society uh it would be good to have a sort of universal set of ethics that documentary makers would, would uh, go, go with but i just don't think it's it, Hello? Can you say that last bit again? I just lost that last bit. Essentially, in an ideal world, it would be great, but um, it's... Uh, and indeed, you couldn't agree on the actual rules themselves, so... Right. Okay. Um, well, in terms of... You, you are a documentary filmmaker, so in terms of your own practice, what sort of ethical practices do you apply when you're working with participants on a film? Um, it would depend on what the film is. Uh, um, I mean, I, I'm quite a people pleaser in life and I often will screw myself over in order not to upset somebody else. So when I'm making a film, um, I will always try and make sure the person that I'm doing it with is happier um, than they were, you know, or, or at least they never get disappointed, so I will, I will always try and take their side so does that make me a slightly weaker filmmaker? Quite possibly but it's just the sort of person I am so. Okay um, So should participants who demonstrate eth unethical behaviour themselves be entitled to the same sort of practices that you apply to most participants who, um, yeah, most participants that you work with, like we've mentioned earlier? It's a good question, and human nature would probably say that it, it's fine. Um, you know, I'm sure if there was a filmmaker now doing a documentary about Donald Trump and they had some sort of way of exploiting him, um, they would do so because society would probably support them on the most part. Uh, so again, it's sort of a relative thing. Um, I mean, you would say, going back to question one, if there were going to be a sort of an ethical ideal that filmmakers would adhere to, then that would apply to both the, the good subjects and the bad subjects, um, in the same way that, you know, the laws of a country should technically not discriminate between people and everybody should get a fair trial. Mm. That should be the same for a documentary, really, but I'm not, again, that that's far easier said than done, because... Mm. It's very easy to, to take down people that are sort of 
seen as not being. I mean, you know, expect a, a, de- a documentary about Sir Philip Green, the VHS boss, quite soon that probably handles him in quite a biased way. But that's fine because lots of people don't like him, so therefore you have a license to do that. So, is it fair? No, but is it expected? Yes, probably. Okay. <laughs> um... So, um, especially when working with unethical behaviours, but in documentary in general, there's um, often some uh, misrepresentation sometimes or manipulation of facts. So, um, is it ever okay to manipulate facts, sequences, or meanings of images if it means telling a story more effectively or helping the viewers grasp the overall main truthful themes of the story? It's a difficult one because my gut instinct would be, yes, it is to do that as long as nothing serious is being sort of affected or conveyed like you know if you paraphrase something for example um something that somebody said or uh, an event that has happened without sort of hitting all the intricacies involved in it i think that's okay but if the meaning or um you know a, a fact is changed that actually completely distorts an audience's um, opinions about a matter, then that's not good. The problem is, is again, where do you draw the line? You know, because I'm sure what would be okay for some people to summarise or paraphrase wouldn't be okay for other people. Um, so again, it, in a perfect world, you would say that possibly never, you know, you'd never do that. But I know that lots of people do have to do it, for, especially just for the economy of telling it, you know, not easy on too much screen time and telling the story efficiently and quickly. So, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, next question is, um, how do you think the evolution of camera and editing technology has affected, has had an effect on ethical practices in documentary filmmaking? Well, I say this because cameras are smaller and technology is smaller and more portable. It's far easier to cam somebody into oblivion. I mean, if you look at what happened to Sam Allardyce, for example, um, and I know that's not documentary as such, but it's, you know, footage recorded of somebody who's pretty much, you know, put into an entrapment-type situation. Uh, was he stupid? Of course he was. Did he deserve to get sacked? Yes, of course he did. But, you know, technology has certainly made documenting life easier, which meant that more people are exposed. And another sort of issue that is that we see often um, is just because everybody in the world is a filmmaker now technically well at least anybody with a smartphone is a filmmaker and therefore they can capture anything that they want and again you know it's wonderful because you see things and you see a lot of things that actually you wouldn't get to see if it was a sort of mainstream type documentary or uh, or something like that so um, and again it's not I guess it's not even strictly documentary it's, you know think about some of the police shootings that have been recorded in America, uh, that would never have gone into the public domain unless there had been somebody with a smartphone there, you know. Um, so the advancement of technology definitely raised, I guess it's raised other ethical questions in that we're now recording stuff because so much of the world is now covered with camera, you know, we're seeing a lot more uh, deaths and, you know, quite grim pictures and video. And I guess that raises questions of what's okay to show in a documentary and what isn't and it wasn't so much a problem for when only the elite and the, the media would have cameras but now everybody has a camera so I guess the volume of footage and the type of footage that's displayed and available raises questions 
don't know if that was any help. <laughs> no, it was. It's great, definitely. Because um, there's been technology changes throughout the timeline as well, you know, and um, yeah, like I feel like when it's come to more recent times, there's been such a drastic change. So things like what you're talking about have definitely like, had an effect. So yeah, that's what I was looking for. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the last question is, um, what processes do you follow if a participant expresses that they're unhappy with their representation, even after they've signed informed consent? Generally, I would give in to their wishes. Um, I sort of categorise in two ways. If they should die or seriously suffer because of what I've done, then I will change it. Um, like Because obviously working in Afghanistan, to me, a lot of the people I was dealing with, if I showed them in the wrong way, or indeed with some of them, if I actually just showed them full stop and didn't blur their faces or you know, change their names, then the Taliban would hunt them down and kill them. Um, so there's certainly an aspect of it that you have to be careful about because, you know, like if, if they're unhappy with the way they're shown or whatever, even, you know, as I say, it's not even just the way they're represented, even if it's just they're shown and they're not supposed to be shown, you could really mess up their lives or livelihoods. Um, of course, you have to weigh that with the fact that if it's somebody that, you know, deserves to be portrayed in quite a negative way and they're getting their, their comeuppance, then you just need to stay strong with it um, and and go for it. But of course, you need to make sure that when you do that, you you got to ensure you don't sort of land yourself in illegal hot water by needlessly slandering or anything like that. So if you're going to go for somebody and they're not happy with it and you're going to proceed with it anyway, it's really important that you make sure you're covered legally um, because they, especially if they're uh, sort of quite prominent or powerful, they they will have the means to fight it and often you may not have the means to defend yourself properly. So it's always good to make sure you're fully covered before like, definitely committing to an attack on somebody. Okay, um, that is, that's all. But thank you so much for um, your input um, for no. my dissertation. Thank you, I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, um, I, if you want, like when I finish my dissertation, I can send you a copy, but if not, that's fine. Um, I'd love to. It'd be really nice to read a dissertation that I don't need to mark. <laughs> it's actually visual as well so um it'll be in video form hello okay oh okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's something i'd really like to read that yeah okay cool well um again once again thank you so much i'm sorry for today um but yeah no, no, it's fine. and if you think of any more questions honestly it's a while till you start writing so please 